Welcome to Blended on the Bluff, a faith-based conversation for blending stepfamilies. I'm your host, Jen Rogers. Each week, join me to glean new insights and learn best practices to blending your family so you too can leave an impactful legacy for your blend. Well, hey there, welcome to season two of Blended on the Bluff. I'm so excited to take a new approach for season two, where I interview guests to give us additional perspective on what it's like to live your life in a blended family. So excited to welcome you and have you here to welcome our guests as they share their stories and insights so that we can blend beautifully together. What's something that masquerades as numerous vices, is solid as a brick wall, yet has no substance? Well, we're about to find out as we have a conversation today about this force that works against us particularly when we are unaware. Resistance. Resistance is masterfully deceptive. Volumes of articles, books, and studies have been written on resistance. How do I know? I've read them. How do I know what resistance is? I've experienced it, and I'm sure you have too. When we consider how resistance makes us feel, I go to The War of Art, Break Through the Blocks and Win Your Inner Creative Battles by Stephen Pressfield. And in it, he describes resistance feeling like this. First, unhappiness. We feel like hell. A low-grade misery pervades everything. We're bored. We're restless. We can't get no satisfaction. There's guilt, but we can't put our finger on the source. We want to go back to bed. We want to get up and party. We feel unloved and unlovable. We're disgusted. We hate our lives. We hate ourselves. Unalleviated, resistance mounts to a pitch that becomes unendurable. At this point, vices kick in. Dope, adultery, web surfing. Beyond that, resistance becomes clinical, depression, aggression, dysfunction, then actual crime and physical self-destruction. It sounds like life, I know. It isn't. It's resistance. Wow. (laughs) Does any of that resonate with you? It certainly resonates with me, particularly in blended family life. We know resistance is a stronghold. It's a stronghold so fortified from attack because it is unseen yet wildly impactful. How so? Well, here are some of the many flavors of resistance that I've thought of. A phone call from a friend, self-doubt, avoidance, procrastination, staying busy but not really fruitful, self-sabotage, dark chocolate, daydreaming, hitting the snooze button, There are endless examples of resistance. Thank God that we have his word and we know 
2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 10, 4 tells us, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're not of the flesh, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. I could read that as for the weapons of our warfare against resistance are mighty in God for pulling resistance down. That gives me hope. (laughs) And I hope that it gives you hope too. And I'm here to encourage you that you can indeed move past resistance. I think the trick is that it's important that we recognize it when it shows up. And that simply takes practice. It's so important that we're vigilant because resistance prevents us from living our best life. Has the year 2020 been weighing on you? (laughs) The pressure is dynamic as we navigate the impacts of media coverage, lockdowns, store raids, riots, protests, losses of family members, political drama, COVID-19, and the upcoming elections. I wonder what is being suppressed in your life by the weight of the world in significant chaos? What has been squeezed out as the pressure has increased? It feels like the weight changes as time passes. As I reflect on this year as a whole, my husband and I have talked about this, how it has been so weighty and at times so dark and that time seems slowed almost to a standstill while simultaneously it feels like we keep flipping the next month on the calendar. So this passing of time, it's really, it's painful. It's extraordinarily fast and and drawn out at the same time, this pressure and anxiety and the many unknowns that we're facing, they really have a way of doing that. This year, I've invested in being seen as an entrepreneur. I mean, honestly, I've been seeking answers on what to do with my time. And as I look back, I see how resistance has hidden my fear, has has hidden, hmm, how do I want to say that? My resistance has hidden, that's it, my resistance has hidden behind my fear of the unknown, my lack of clarity and my limiting beliefs about how do I get all of this stuff going. And yet when I think about the things that have occurred in 2020, I stand amazed. And I'm not talking about the worldly things, I'm talking about the personal challenges that my husband and I have faced in our stepfamily and in our personal pursuits and in our pursuits within our church. And I think this is the year that we agreed to pull the trigger on seriously investing in my entrepreneurial adventure. And so that's where this podcast comes from. Now, I can tell you at the beginning of 2020, I didn't clearly see that this was going to roll out the way that it did, that I was going to have a podcast called Blended on the Bluff, that I was going to pursue interviewing people who have experienced life in a blended family so that we can take their knowledge and their experiential learning and their recommendations and then bump up our own experiences with them to come up with a really cool blended roadmap so that we can actually get a handle on how we can move forward and blend together in a beautiful way instead of continuing on with these many forms of resistance that we experience in our blended families. 
So this investment in the mentorship, there are about a hundred people in the mentorship at the level that I'm in the entry level and maybe another hundred people in the next level up. And what's really cool about it is there are subgroups within these mentorship programs And then you kind of find your way with some people that you uh, can work really well with. And so I'm very blessed to be part of a small group. And it's Kathy, Catherine, and I. And we get together several times a week. And we go through some of the things that we're working on. And I can tell you that without those two beautiful women helping me see beyond what I was really feeling and beyond the the weight and the blocking of resistance, I wouldn't be where I am today in understanding how to move forward. So this hiding behind the fear of the unknown, we don't like uncertain situations. We like to feel confident. We like to know that we can actually make a difference, that our family is going to blend well, that our work is going to progress well. And in this year, um, we've really had to ask ourselves a lot of questions and evaluate our lives in new ways because, well, I think frankly, we've been given the time to do that. We're not commuting. So we have more time at home. What are we doing with that time? Has resistance corrupted that time or have we squashed resistance and used that extra time to invest in the things that are important to us? I'll tell you, in this small group, we recently had a discussion about the differences between being curious and being critical. And we noted that being critical is really a form of judgment, whereas being curious is being willing to learn, having this willingness to acquire new skills, to evaluate things on a different level. So let's apply this to blended families. How do we compare and talk about the other parts of our families, for example. I think an easy example to use an illustration would be uh, house one and house two. So the kids go back and forth between a couple of houses. So it's very easy to take the judgment road on how things function in one house versus the other instead of being curious about what's occurring and what our children are experiencing. So whether... um, it's the kids who are evaluating this transition or it's the grown-ups. our approach to it really does have huge implications. Are you the house with more rules or less? Do less rules make you the cooler home? Do you see how comparing homes can lead to judgment? How can we be curious about this very subject? Perhaps it could occur in this way. As the step-parent, let's assume that you're in the home with less less rules and your inclination is to disagree with the number of rules your kids are subjected to in the other home. Applying labels to the difference is a form of comparison that naturally invites some self-preservation of the way that your home functions. Hello, resistance. Resistance in the form of judgment which prevents you from evaluating whether your home may need one or two additional rules. Don't shoot the messenger here, okay? I'm just simply inviting you to be curious. Curious about the impact on the kids. Curious about whether coordination with the parents of the kids' other home may be helpful. Do you see how a lack of curiosity could be a form of resistance that's masquerading as self-preservation? 
(laughs) For the record, I'm actually living in the home that seems to have more of the rules, not less. That too has difficulties steeped in self-preservation because it's so easy to be judgmental of the other home. Yet scripturally speaking, we know that God has much to say about who judgment belongs to, who has the authority to judge. For example, in Romans 12, 3, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Think with sober judgment, according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Or Matthew 7, 2, for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now, I know that there are many of you out there. It's sad, but true that you are not in a situation where you can have this transformative relationship with all of the parents involved in your blended family situation. I know there's difficulty in communicating with ex-spouses. I know that there are troublesome family members who try to insert themselves in ways that probably aren't appropriate. And yet my prayer for you and for me is wrapped up in forgiveness and healing. And we, we may not see that right now. And we might even say it will never happen. I get it. I hear you. I know. I mean, if I were to map out as part of my coaching program, I have it. I'm, it frightens me a little bit <laughs> because personally, we are not there in our family yet, but God won't let go of this with me. And that thing is that really to be completely beautifully blended, there is effective co-parenting that's happening. And that means that the parents are willing to set aside their differences and communicate effectively for the benefit of the kids. And, you know, there's all kinds of stuff involved in there. Money is a big one, right? Child support issues. That's definitely an easy tactic that Satan can use to come in between us. For sure. I know there are many other issues like parenting styles and custody arrangements or custody battles. And yet I know that God tells us that we are to love our enemies, So if you are in a position in a blended situation where you see the other parents as enemies, somehow, some way, we have got to get to a point of reconciliation and acceptance. Now, I'll be the first to tell you that that doesn't mean that you have to like this person. They don't have to like you. We want to make it about us. Again, self-preservation in the form, resistance in the form of self-preservation, right? But it is, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be like, but I think that there's a certain level of respect that is required. And so often we miss the mark because we get caught up in the emotions of the situation. And we're caught up in old patterns of behavior, And I know that neuroscience has really expanded as far as our awareness and understanding of the brain and how the brain works and how habits develop and how they stick around or how we change one habit for a new one. But we also know that neuroscience shows us that we want to protect ourselves And that taking a risk in doing something new or proposing that we get along with a high conflict ex-spouse 
it, it doesn't feel good. We have a visceral reaction in our bodies that say, no, this is, I know I've experienced this before and I don't want to go there again. Yet that brain kicking in, it, it's, it's wanting us to avoid risk. It's saying, go with what you know, because you know that it's safe or you want to fight or you want to flee. All of these things that we see manifested in many different forms in our blended families. I think understanding a piece of the neuroscience when it comes to how we behave. So we only have responsibility for ourselves. I know that we know that. And I know that we talk about that often. And it's important that we do because it really is true. We get to decide how we respond and being able to respond well is being willing to be curious about yourself. So instead of judging, be curious about yourself, give yourself some grace and ask yourself, why is it that this thing triggers me? Why is it that I'm going this gerbil on the, on the treadmill again, going around and round and round? Why can't I pass this test and evaluate what's really going on? Because, you know, we have lots of hidden layers. So things under the surface that are driving some of our behaviors. So I just want to invite you to be curious about those trouble spots that you're experiencing in your blended family. And we know we're not surprised that there's resistance rearing its ugly head in these critical step family areas. Uh, When I think about blending with the actual step kids, it ties into this neuroscience piece as well, that we all come together. We have things that we're comfortable with and we're thrown in a situation that is new and therefore there's a level of uncomfortability there and we must work to create that comfort to build that trust. And truthfully, I mean, let's face it, it's easier to connect with your biological children because you have experience with them because you're comfortable in what you know. And when our stepkids disappoint or resist our influence or, or reject connecting with us, we often use that as a reason to withdraw. And again, this is indeed a form of resistance, the avoidance of doing the hard work involved in blending well. So I just want to propose a couple of strategies for you that you can use that can help bridge that gap between the newness of blending and the discomfort of blending. And so it is this being willing to be curious. And so just take it in. Uh, Imagine that you are um, an investigator and you're just looking for the facts. You're wanting to get information, gather information together so you can generate a report so that you can then draw some conclusions based upon what you witnessed. Are you with me? Okay, great. (laughs) So we know that relationships grow when you spend time together. And so I think it's really, it's so important that you are intentional about spending time together and that you come up with a game plan to do some things that you enjoy, like a family game night. I don't know about you, but we played Exploding Kittens. And when we first started playing that game, oh my gosh, what a crazy game. I, I had to keep looking at the rule sheet. Now, wait a minute. What does this kitten do? How many cards do I need? 
but it was funny and it wasn't anything about blended. It wasn't about any of the stresses of the day. Instead, it was just coming together and doing something really silly and fun. And it just helps to give you that opportunity to exhale together, gathered around a table, enjoying a game, creating some form of togetherness in your blend. Perhaps there's a sport that you can participate. Maybe you like to run or play pickleball. Um, Maybe there's a way that you can serve in your community together. Take food to the food pantry or stock at the food pantry. Or you can do a service for your neighbor. Rake their leaves, take out the trash, those kind of things. Um, It doesn't need to be complicated, right? I mean, just go for a walk. You just go for a walk and uh, or, or a bike ride. Any of those things, whatever it is, Come up with the idea together and be willing to push through resistance that shows up in the form of discomfort. And as you integrate this as a family habit, you'll soon find yourself looking forward to this shared event. I want to mention a couple more things. And this one is, it relates to this togetherness. And I, I am reminded of my friend, who has shared this with me about how things are so different within families that we've moved away from this family time together at the table. And yet it's so important to a family's success to know that we're going to come together. We're going to break bread together and we're going to get caught up with each other on what's going on and what's important to each other around the table. So this being seated at the table can be so powerful. I don't know what your blend situation is. For me, it's every other week. So it's 50-50 custody and we just switch over on Sunday afternoons. And one of the things that we do that I've mentioned previously on the podcast is we plan out our schedules for the week and we have a board where we write this all down in the kitchen, all of that. But for you uh, and, and, and for me too, actually being intentional about using that time to invest in one another and grow the blended family relationship. And so maybe there's, of course, it needs to be an age appropriate conversation. So for me, I've got teeny boppers and older for you, you might have a couple of two year olds or eight, nine year olds, whatever the situation is still this invitation where everyone gets to contribute and have a voice and just talk about some things that are going on. Um, maybe it's initiating the conversation that says, gosh, blending families can be really tough. So here you are, it's day one, and I'm sure the transition is a, is a little tricky for you. Do you want to talk about it? And then open the floor and invite your kiddos to share what their concerns are. And this could be if you just have stepkids or if you have both. Uh, It's still this coming together to say, we're going to have a conversation about what's important to us and what's coming up this week. And maybe even are we carrying anything over from the previous week so that we can all be on board? Ask if there's anything that you can pray about, which leads me into the final recommendation I have, which is prayer. There's so much power in prayer and coming together as a blended family, praying together is critically important and applying for me. One of the things that, uh, 
I enjoy doing is reading scripture and then asking myself the question, okay, it's 2020. How does this apply to my life in 2020? And of course, because of my passion for serving blended families, I'm asking this question, how does it relate to blended families? And what kind of issues can I bring and use this scripture to give me direction on how to move forward? And I did mention some of those earlier in the podcast when I was talking about judgment and curiosity, Romans 12, 3 and Matthew 7, 2. So all of that to say that resistance is real, even though we can't see it. And even though it masquerades as many other things, checking emails to avoid doing the work, um, avoiding people in a relationship because you don't want to deal with the conflict that's there. Any of those things, um, leaving the dishes in the sink instead of putting them in the dishwasher. (laughs) Those are, those are all forms of resistance And the only way to fight them is to be aware and know first off that they exist and then make a decision that what you have to do and your goals and dreams and visions and plans and desires are more important than any of the doubt that may come up when you're trying something new. Again, as, as a, a first time entrepreneur, I can so relate (laughs) to how resistance can hold you back as a stepmama in a step family. I can relate to that too, because there are a whole lot of emotions and a whole lot of transitions for the kids and the adults. You can listen to all of season one of these Blended on the Bluff podcasts at stepfamilypodcast.com. Go ahead and subscribe and share and get more people involved so that we can grow this audience and, and grow our resources for helping blended families. And if you are an adult stepchild and you want to be part of something big on upcoming podcasts, I'd love for you to share your story, a stepkid's perspective to help step families blend beautifully. Email us at hello at stepfamilypodcast.com and put stepkid in the subject line for more details. We can't wait to hear from you.